Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. What can I say about Thomas Knox? He's somebody that I consider a friend. He's significantly younger than me. He's only 33. He's a Brooklyn native. Uh, But like him, we both had difficult relationships with our mothers, and maybe that's what gives us this overcoming spirit. His mother was on drugs, and he actually ended up in a group home where he met other young men who were in the same predicament as he was. And it was really that brotherhood that ignited him into giving back. And so as he got older, he's just that guy that helps out kids. He actually still texts both my sons. And he gives guidance. He gives love. He gives encouragement. He is somebody that people look up to, including myself. And he, years ago, started to put a table and two chairs and a Connect Four game on the subways of New York and started a project called Date While You Wait. And it got a lot of press coverage. And that's probably how Esther found him. All I know is that he's my friend and that he always has my back and that he really always has other people's back as well. So. I'm excited to bring you Thomas Knox, and I want you to keep your eye on this guy, because I will predict the date while you wait will be a syndicated TV series very, very soon. And we'll all feel very blessed that he even got to pitch in and help Sidewalk Talk out for a time. So without further ado, Thomas C. Knox from Date While You Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you the infamous Thomas C. Knox, the Connection Curator, Thomas! Woo! So, so, like, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. It was great. And that was a great introduction. Thank you. Well, you primed me for that. You said, look, if you if I ever wanted someone to introduce me, it'd be you. So I decided yeah. to like up our vibe because it's been a shitty ass day today, huh? Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough. But uh, yeah, you, you did a great job. So how about if we just agree that um, if there's any points during this conversation that you want to drop in and like you need a little um, love transfusion, that I'm I'm up for that. I can listen. I can love on you, whatever we need to do here, yeah? That's fair. Yeah, I appreciate it. That is, yes, 100%. So you and I met because I feel like we are kindred spirits in some way. There's something about the world that you and I hold in common. And I got to understand, why are you as weird as I am? And you want to go do weird stuff, like pull up a card table and chairs and put this beautiful Gerber daisy and a Connect Four board and play Connect Four with like Zoe Kravitz and, you know, people getting on and off the uh, New York subway 
What? Why? Why the heck did you do that, Thomas? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I, I think it was just all because I really, really yearn connections. Um, I'm someone who needs to connect with people and in person. I need to have one-on-one interaction, and um, I think it was just based on that me finding a way to connect with people, knowing that or seeing that they were looking for the same. Yeah. So give folks a little background that have never, never heard your story before. So tell them where you're from and how this whole thing started and give them the timeline. Yeah. So I'm originally, you know, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, grew up there uh, all through pretty much all my life. And I ended up going to high school in Staten Island, New York. And then from there, I got a job working for Apple pretty much right out of high school. I'm probably about 21, 22. Um, so I worked for Apple for about six, seven years. And my whole journey through Apple, connecting with people is something that we did on, the, on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Um, so I found myself really, really connecting with people through technology, but wanted to do it in other ways. So I always used to volunteer at different organizations. Like I've been, I've done stuff with, with nursing homes. I've created little projects here and there where I just wanted to connect with people. Um, and back in 2015, uh, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. She was telling me about her commute home. We were supposed to meet for dinner. Um, and I just, I was about to leave work and I was on my way home. And I got a call from her and she was like, my commute home was terrible. I don't want to go out anymore. I'm not in the mood. And I was like, what, what happened? And she was like, you know, when I got on the subway, there was people performing and I just, I just wanted to get home. Like I had a long day. Uh, so I got off, waited for the next train. And then there was, a homeless person on the train that smelled, you know, the smell really bothered me. So then I got off again and then there were people selling things on the train. And she was like, I just wanted to get home. And I'm just not in the mood to hang out anymore. Like, uh, so uh, in that moment I asked her, I said, you no, know, it just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, what if I did something where I did some positive where I connected with people in the subway? And she was like, I don't want to hear that. It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. So then I, I let it go. I was like, cool, you know, whatever. I let it go. And then about maybe two or three days later, I shared it with two of my really good friends. And they were like, hey, man, you are the perfect person for this. You have the perfect personality. Let's make it happen. And we just we sat down, we put it together, put the idea together, and hit, hit the subway like two weeks later. So, yeah. Hey, can I, do you mind if I share a video to everyone of you doing this? Oh, no, not at all. Please. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it right now. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to share with everyone. Yeah, I, I definitely don't. I definitely don't do Sometimes the hustle and bustle of your subway commute can be overbearing, but one man's trying to change that one day at a time. Uh-oh. Is it giving me a hard time? It looks like it might have to load. Oh. It looks like it might have to load. Oh. It's loading. Meet Thomas Knox, a 29-year-old New Yorker who's taking meeting new people to a whole new level. Um, essentially, I wanted to create something uh, that gave people the ability to connect. Um, after having conversations with my friends and my family around their commute and pretty much how it can be very, very negative, I wanted to do something positive to give people something to do while they're waiting for the train. Last summer, Knox did just that by creating Date While You Wait 
a weekly conversation area on subway platforms across New York City, where strangers sit at Knox's portable table and chairs and socialize with him. I don't bother people. I'll sit here at the train station can be full. If a person wants to sit down, they're more than welcome. If not, I'm totally fine with that. It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you're comfortable with having a conversation with a stranger, I'm, you're more than welcome to have a seat. Um, and then you're more than welcome to have a seat and not even talk. And we can play a game just because the game is here and, and I'm bringing you back to your childhood. A lot of times people sit down, they play the game, and after, after they play, they want to talk. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it, it definitely opens people up, people's up and kind of get them going from there. Now, some people will think you're... So uh, I'm going to stop sharing here. So that's you. Thank you so much for that. It feels so good seeing. Like, I haven't watched a video of me doing day while you waiting so long. Thank you. Thank you. Like, that, I really needed that. Thank you so much. I'm really glad. I'm, I'm glad to. I think we all needed that today. And you know what? It reminded me. So last week we had a guest on named Brad Montague. And you and he share so much in common, which is it's like you both. Like, in his art, and I feel like it's for you with your smile. There's a way in which both you gentlemen share the same quality of reaching right inside of people and grabbing out their little kids. Like whenever I'm around you, and that's why my sons love you, <laughs> you reach right inside of people and get them to remember the little kid in them and say, look, there is this really innocent, good part of you that you have forgotten about. And I am going to be damn sure that you are not going to leave my presence today until you remember that part of you. That's how I always feel when I'm around you. Where does this come from and how can I get some of that? <laughs> well, growing up, I always, I don't know, like I, I grew up, I guess some more of the backstory, when growing up, my mom was on drugs. So, my, so I've been in and out of like group homes and for, the foster care system. And, you know, luckily my parents are total opposite. So my dad, he's never smoked, he's never uh, drank, he's never, he's never done anything. He's, he's kind of been a straight arrow, just handling his business, making sure he, he has, you know, he takes take care of the family. And my mom was kind of all over the place, you know, when I was younger. So as I was going through, you know, my childhood and going through my adolescence, I kept having different moments in my life where connection and relatability helped me get to the next level. Um, and, you know, some instances of that is like when I was, I was in a group home, all boys group home. And I remember when I first got there, what made me connect with the other young men there were a lot of them were going through similar things I was going through with my mom, but they were other, all different races. They were from all different parts of the city. You know, some of them could be you know, Spanish, some of them, you know, they were Asian. It was just different. There were different, different groups of cultures, but we all had that in common that, you know, we, we came from broken homes. Um, and that helped us build a bond and create a brotherhood from that. So then when I got to high school, you know, I ended up uh, connecting with my guidance counselor, you know, finding out that she was from. Brooklyn, and you know, we we found ways to relate. She used to share stories with me about her childhood, and I hated school. Like I wasn't really into school, but I would go and reconnect with her because just that connection and being able to hear her stories. And you know, people would never know it. A lot of people say when they meet me, they're like, "There's no way you go through these experiences." But it's all true. I, I definitely have, and it's what made me who I am today. Yeah. Well, and you talk a lot about so when you say a broken home, I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. Can I go? Can I pry a little bit, Thomas? Sure. Yeah, pry, pry away. <laughs> pry, pry away. <laughs> um, when you say broken home, in particular, some some challenges came up with your mom. So say yeah. a little say a little bit with us about your relationship with your mom and 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 
how how that process of relationship with her broke down. So I, I think you know I'm the oldest of four. At that time, it was just me and my my younger brother. Um, which is what's interesting about that dynamic is my younger brother, my my dad's sister, my aunt, uh, took ended up taking my my younger brother, and then me because I was a little older, it was just harder for her to kind of maintain with me because I I was a wild child, I was a mama's boy. Even though my mom was doing what she was doing, I just was very deeply into making sure she was good. And I just, I, was, I was like attached to her at the hip. Like she used to always tell me she couldn't even use the bathroom without me like knocking or kicking at the door um, <laughs> as a kid. So uh, yeah, that, that that dynamic never changed. I always believed, like always looked for the good in her and believed that she would get herself together. And she, you know, over time, like how it's been, She's been clean now probably like 15 years. So she's, she's not very proud of her and the work that she's put in. But um, back in those times, I just, I, I was very angry, very rebellious. Um, I used to run away a lot. Um, I got into a lot of fights. I remember like uh, her putting me you? into like summer camp. Yeah, well, I used to fight all the time. Um, you? All the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got into fights with kids who like, they would say something negative about my mom. They'd be like, you know, your mom's pretty. And I'll fight them because they said something about my mom. I was just one of those kids. Um, like I said, as I got older, I started to be surrounded with people who really cared for me. Um, and you know, and another thing too, you know, my dad definitely deserves a lot of credit um, in it as well because even though you know he worked and he you know he had to take care of being an adult and being there for his kids, he's always been there for us. He's always been there for me. Um, and he never let his relationship with my mom get in the way of that. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I've just always been a mama's boy. I'm still a mama's boy. Um, to this day, if someone does something wrong to my mom, I will jump to her defense. <laughs> um, that's just how I am. Well, this is a perfect segue because I kind of led you down this path. Um we we were talking before this broadcast about Mother's Day coming up on on Sunday, and uh, maybe the Mama Boy streak continues because <laughs> you do something incredibly sweet for Mother's Day. Would you be willing to share with our viewers what you what you have done to what over fifty mothers? So you're surprising them with what? Yeah, Mother's Day card. So I guess a little backstory. Every year. What I do since I started doing date while you wait is on Mother's Day I would do a date while you wait and I would fill out uh, cards and leave notes and literally while I'm sitting in the subway I would hand cards to moms and give them a flower and I'll say Happy Mother's Day you know but this year with us being uh, self isolation and social distancing I uh, I reached out to a car company Love Pop and I asked them Love would they be interested in doing Love Pop yeah it's the name of the name of the brand. I'm asking what they'd be interested in donating cards, and they end up sending me 300 cards. Now, there's no way I can hand out 300 cards. <laughs> so, so what I then did is reached out to my audience on social media, and I was like, hey, guys, we'd love to send you cards or send cards to someone you care about, someone you love. It doesn't specifically have to be for Mother's Day, but these are more so for Mother's Day, but it doesn't have to be. And, uh, yeah, I've been able to send out over 50 I mean, the messages that I'm getting from people are just incredible. And, some, and the cards look just like this. Love Pop. They make cards that actually come out like, like Amazani. So this one is a butterfly. Wow. And it literally folds out. Beautiful. 
it's like, like a big what surprise. Does it on, what does it have on the front? Uh, it shows like a cool like design. Flower. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but but they sent me about six different types. So they sent me a couple of like baby bears. Uh, so those are ones that I sent out to, my, to first time mom. So every first time mom got that card. Um, and in the card, I just I, I just wrote I I got to memorize what I wrote because I wrote it fifty times. <laughs> but it just said celebrating uh, on a special day, celebrating the amazing mom that you are, uh, sending you lots of joy and kindness um, on your special day, on Happy Mother's Day. And uh, and I just want to do something kind for moms. I think moms, you know, we're lucky to have them, and we wouldn't be here without our moms. And, you know, our relationships may be strained, like. You may have a strained relationship with your mom. You, she may be your best friend. Still your mom, you know. And, and I feel the same thing for dads. But uh, right now, I'll probably do something special for Father's Day as well. But we'll see. See how that goes. Well, but right now we're focused on moms. That's so yeah, sweet. That's, moms. that's so sweet. Thanks. And I was I know, also kind of sweet to me. I also was uh, very, very uh, encouraged and inspired by all of this. Uh, like. You know, I, I didn't, I had these cards and I wasn't going to do anything with them. I was just going to hold on to them until next year or until like we got back to normal, hopefully. But, normal. but, uh, yeah. But when I saw what we were doing with these random acts of connections, I was, I was inspired to do something now, even though I'm home, even though I can't connect with people in the way that I usually would connect with them. What can I do to still spread kindness and, you know, walking to the post office and putting stamps on a card? It, it takes nothing. Um, so it's something that I, I I was inspired to do by what you know we're doing here at Sidewalk Talk. Hmm. Yeah, and, and for those of you that don't know, we're wanting to instigate all of you to get in on the action, like Thomas is. If you saw our video in the listener group yesterday, you have to be a member to get it. But one of our our uh, listeners has a 93-year-old dad who was quite depressed. And so she went on his alma mater's website and got 200 people to mail him cards in his, uh, in his home. And so we're trying to instigate random acts of connection. And I think Thomas's Mother's Day cards has inspired me. We have a senior citizen's home literally 200 yards away from my house. So I think my son and I on Sunday are going to go drop off cards or bunt cakes there. And ask the doorman, can you just, because they can't leave right now. Because So while quarantine has been lifted, they're, they're asking folks at risk to still stay indoors. So you really inspired me with this. So great. It's so touching to me. Yeah, to yeah well, it's all about paying it forward, right? And for me, I, I never, I don't, the accolades and all, all the, the recognition I get, it's, it's nice and I greatly appreciate it. But the, the best recognition is people, uh, like enjoying it and the people that are thankful for it they're like they don't have to tell me they just the best way to to to, to uh to give back is to pay it for it do it for somebody else um yeah. put a smile on somebody else's face so that's something that really matters to me yeah well and it's a it's a rough time for folks right it's it's mental health awareness month you and i are talking after the shootings of two young African-American men have occurred in our, in the U.S., although they're non-U.S. folks watching this, you also shared with me that your apartment building caught fire this week. And it's kind of, and then you had someone very dear to you pass away. So it has been quite a week. And I guess the question that I have for you is, how do you take care of yourself 
And I ask this because I imagine what you're going to share right now is going to serve other people that are watching or that will watch who might also be having a shit day today or a shit week or have lost their job or wherever they are. And I imagine you've learned something over the years from all the things you've been through. How do you sustain yourself here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. Uh, and you kind you kind of, you know, showed and shared some of that, uh, sharing that video. Um, so I, I, I tend to go backwards and I tend to look at the past and see, uh, go back to happy times and happy places. So, um, what I did yesterday is I opened up my yearbook and I, I think I've told you this in the past, but I do it pretty often. Um, I open up my yearbook and I read the notes, um, from high school, from middle school. I look at the photos. Um, there's one specific note that my grandmother wrote me about how proud she was, um, of me. And, and I, those are, those are things that kind of get me re-energized. Um, I also look at videos on YouTube, not, not so much motivational videos, but videos that have relevance to what's happening, you know, in, in that time for me. So I have a list of videos that I, that I look at that, you know, it, it, like I have a video that's all about getting up, get up and do. And uh, it starts off with um, when the alarm clock goes off in, your, in the morning, um, a lot of people turn and they reset it or they, or they, you know, they tap the button and they go back to sleep. And in some ways you're starting off on the wrong foot. And if you can give, you can challenge yourself to get up in that moment, the rest of your day. It's starting off on the right foot. It's like making your bed. So and every now and then I listen to that video and I have a series of videos that, that, uh, that support me in that. Um, but, you know, during this, this quarantine isolation time, I just try to go outside and, you know, I, I, obviously I'm not in crowds, but I try to walk around my neighborhood, take in the sun, you know, breathe in, breathe in some, some fresh air. Um, I think you know, it's important to just keep, enjoy that moment, you know. And, so I try my best to to be thankful for to be able to walk around and not be in a in a place where I have to be distanced to a point where I can't even go outside. Um, so and, and I'm, I'm just being thankful for what I have. There's, there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and are trying to figure out the next move and to have a roof over my head. Even though you know, like like you said, we had a fire um, in, in our complex. Thank God it wasn't it didn't. Uh, it didn't affect us directly. Like we, we have some smoke damage. That's about it. But there are other people in our complex that are out of homes. Um, that I think about, and you know, it, it hurts me a little bit. So I'm just, you know, just trying to be mindful of where I am and be thankful for what I have, and you know, opportunities like this to be able to share my story and so on. Yeah. Well, and I can also imagine part of the process for you is also being grateful. You've talked a lot about being grateful and I'm going to go that vulnerable route again. So if you don't want to go here, tell me, but I would like to create space to honor this dear friend of yours that passed and let us celebrate his life because I know that you are going to miss him, but maybe one of the greatest ways that we can be, community members with you is to celebrate his life with you. Do you want to share something about, about him with us? Oh, sure. Yeah. So he, he's, uh, his name's Lloyd Porter. Um, he's actually well-known in the community in, in New York and in, in Brooklyn and the Bed-Stuy area. He actually is the brother of a, of a famous jazz musician or singer, uh, Gregory Porter, his brother. And uh, he, uh, he owned you know, a restaurant called Bread Love. In, in Brooklyn, 
and they have since moved on before this to uh, more catering opportunities. So, so the restaurant had closed down. But uh, the reason he's so important to me, he has such profound uh, kind of profound impact on me was one day I went to his restaurant. I didn't know him. Probably like four years ago, let's say 2016, for the first time. And, I, and I'm eating food and I had a bow tie, one of my bow ties on. And he stopped me. He's a big bow tie guy. And he said, what did you, you get that you, from? Can you should pull one up while you're telling the story? Uh, I, have to, I have to like leave and go get okay. one. Okay, I won't. No, never mind. Keep going. Okay, I'll, I'll have one in front of me. I'm sorry. Uh, Back to Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah, so he, I was wearing one of my bow ties, and he stopped me. He's like, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, yeah, hey, I made it. He's like, well, you made that? It's so unique. And, and what's interesting about it is that he, he tells me how much he loves bow ties. And obviously the bow ties he loves, he loves the core bow ties. My, my bow ties are made out of scrabble. So he's like, man, I need one of those. And he ended up buying the bow tie off my neck and two additional ones. So I ended up um, giving him or getting, making him two other ones. But it didn't stop there. He ended up like inviting me to his house. He started, you know, introducing me to other people in the neighborhood that were in the fashion space. So they were kind of giving me insight on how I can better my product. And it, it was just a level of care that he didn't have to give me. He could have just been like, hey, I'm about both. I'll see you later. Um, so every time I would go back home, uh, I would literally stop at the restaurant, get some food and catch up with him. Um, and then once the restaurant closed, we, we kind of, haven't connected as much and then I moved so now now I live in another city but when I heard that he passed it just hurt me because he, he's a pioneer in the community he took care of everybody he showed everybody love um, and we definitely lost a, a great person like especially when it comes to just having a good heart um, and it really hurts me because there's so many people out there that, that we've lost due to this, this virus um, and nobody, nobody deserves a job that way Nobody, I don't care who you are. No one should have to mourn, especially in the moment where you you may be in isolation. You know, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your wife. And now you go back home and you're just by yourself. You have no support. You know, in, in the in the flesh, they're with you, and you might need a hug. You might, you know, you might need to connect, and you can't do that because we're all social distancing. So, um, I think about his wife and his children in in this time. You know, he had a great life. Um, you know, he did a lot for me, and I'm going to take that as I move forward and throughout my career and do as an entrepreneur. I'm going to remember those moments and hopefully do them proud. Lloyd Porter, Thomas E. Knox is going to do you proud. Really sweet. Oh, Lloyd, I have a feeling that a little bit of Lloyd lives on in you anyway, you know? Yeah, I, I feel it. I see it. I, uh, it's all, it's, 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 it's interesting because a lot of what, what my companies are about and my lifestyle is about is being, being relatable. I talk about that a lot. Relatable, relatable, relatable. Because if you find something Tell us that what you that can means. I, I just believe that relate, everyone has something in them that someone else has, but we, but we fight it. And it can be, you know, what I, what I tell my students when I teach, I'm like, what is one thing every person has in common? And they, you know they're, they're racking their brains out. I'm like, we were all born, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're <laughs> like mind right. blown. Yeah, they're mind blown. They're like, oh, Mr. Knox. And I'm like, I'm just saying, like, once once we identify what we have in common, it's easier for easiest for us to relate. 
and it, we don't have to agree when we relate, but it, it allows us to be on the same page. Um, and it can be talking about sports. It can be talking about family. It can be talking about, you know, your glasses, right? If we both got glasses from the same place, it's easier, easiest for us to have dialogue around it. You might share your story about you trying yours on. I might share my story about going through the process. So I, I've always believed that if I can find a way to relate with people, I can get them to tell me, or not so much tell me anything, but I can get them to be vulnerable and share their, share what they're really feeling because they, there's a level of comfortability when you can relate with someone. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the impact on the, on the world if we're all a little more vulnerable and a little more relatable with one another? I think it, it, just, there would just be more understanding and more empathy and more acknowledgement. Um, but understanding more than anything. Um, you think about, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but uh, I, BYUA has given me many opportunities, tons. And I got, a, I got an opportunity to go to France, to Paris, France, to speak at a conference. And when I got there, a friend of mine here in the U.S., she connected me with her friend there. That way I had someone to show me around when I got there. And he and I went out to dinner. Uh, and while we were, it's a white gentleman, while we were at dinner, he says to me, he says, uh, how does it feel to be a black American in Paris? And I told him, I said, it was fine. Like, I don't, I'm, at that point, I was there for like, oh, so, so fine. Yeah. And he said, well, it's funny you say that because a lot of my, you know, my African-American friends that come to Paris, they, they see how um, people of color are treated here. And they, 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 they can, it bothers them. And I said, you know, tell me a little bit more. He was just saying that. There's a lot of, and I won't go deeply into it, but there's a lot of uh, animosity toward uh, people coming from Africa migrating to uh, to France. And he said, he said it's it's just crazy to me how it doesn't bother you. And I said, well, first off, it's not that it doesn't bother me, but I'm the type of person that if someone hates me, someone says to me, I hate black people. I want to know why. I want to sit with that person. I want to dissect that. I want to understand it. I don't want to just judge or assume I don't agree with that person's point of view but I also think it's fair for me to, to educate myself on why they feel the way they feel and you know once they let me know hey I feel this way because maybe, maybe their mom was murdered by an African American like we don't I don't know this story right so I think for me I may not agree with what you do or what you say or, or your beliefs but if I, if I understand it I can respect it and, then, and it creates a level of relatability because I understand it. Now we both understand each other to, for us to continue to move forward in our friendship relationship or just being an acquaintance. So, so that, that was something that he found very profound. He was like, I wish more people thought like that. You know, the world would be a better place, but you know, I just think it's important that we keep our, we just keep it, that same energy when, we, when we're looking at things we don't understand. You know, you follow what, what your parents do. Like my, my parents may tell me not to do this my whole life. But at some point, I have to educate myself on maybe why they didn't want me to do it and not just yeah. take their word. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like you're willing to go into really uncomfortable conversations where you might even be the subject matter that's being criticized or belittled or put down. But rather than taking any of it personally, you're strong enough in yourself and your confidence and your sense of uh, safety and right to be there that you're more interested in understanding 
why the heck do you feel that way? Like what informed that frame of reference? Tell me more. And I think it takes some serious cojones to, to be that kind of person. Um, I think I am too, uh, in certain, certain circumstances. And then I'm, I'm pretty wimpy in others. So I, I think it's admirable. And I imagine some people won't agree with you, right? I have folks that say, Hey, you shouldn't talk to somebody that's a racist or you shouldn't, you know, engage with anybody that, uh, you know, has any sort of prejudice. I remember uh, Thomas, I'll share this story because I've never shared this with you on our road tour. When we listened across the United States, one of our listeners listened to, to somebody who shared with her that Hitler was his hero, was his mm-hmm. idol, and she's Jewish. So uh, I was like, hmm, how's this going to go down, right? And she actually did exactly what you did. She said, tell me more. Like, how, how is it that Adolf Hitler is your hero? And what unraveled was a story of this young, young person that was actually living on the street who had been so severely abused and actually didn't, he, he knew a lot about Hitler and, but for, for, for him, it was his wrapped up anger at the history of abuse that he received and wanting retribution for that and idolizing someone that could potentially go, you know, get his abusers. Now you can, I'm not trying to give this guy a hall pass, but she said, gosh, it was I could have gotten defensive, but I learned a whole heck of a lot more vulnerable information about this guy. And I thought that was really profound. And I imagine that he was left changed on the same level that she was left changed. So I appreciate you highlighting that. And I, 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 it's a stretch. It's a stretch for sure. So listen, I want to give you a shout out and plug. What are you building now? So you've had all these opportunities. And first of all, can we say that, you know, we're running a fundraiser right now for Sidewalk Talk. And Thomas is part of our paid staff. So you've got to like donate some buckaroonies because simple practice and a good place therapy have offered us some matching. And you're one of the four people we pay around here. You have decided to dedicate some of your connection love, even though you've got like what, three companies of your own? I do. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Well, you you give some of your time to sidewalk talk to help us grow. So uh, just so you know, it's, you wonder where your money goes to. He's one of them. But where the heck is your are your companies now, and what's what's going on? You've got Be Great Bow Ties, which is Lloyd Porter, Porter's, you know, uh, where where he lives on in you. Yeah, show me love. Yeah, Be Great Bow Ties. Uh, the my other company is Day UA, which is transitioning. So we're working on building out a TV show. So exactly what you saw in that video, we're looking to put it on tape um, and create a shot of it and share with the world. That way people can be inspired to have similar dialogue and, and conversations. Um, so we're working on that. Um, and then um, the company that kind of like grew from all that is called the Connection Collective. Um, it's a collective of initiatives that I do that are all focused on connection through education through events um so what we do is we go into schools and we have workshop programs where we teach kids how to create better human connections what i call are the three c's of human connection um, which is confidence courage communication and so we teach students that um, i do a couple of different events so one one is uh, called food for thought so we dissect music over uh, a four or five course meal um so I have a bunch of different things that I've, I've created um, through the years. And right now it's been 
it's obviously been a challenge to be able to move forward a lot of them because a lot of my work is in person and I'm not one to really be creating online uh, presence but um but I'm I will say that I'm, my mindset is more so to build and to be flexible to learn um what the opportunities are than to just shut them down and say no <laughs> so that's something that I'm going through right now and uh, there's just a lot of kind of little intricacies that I'm trying to figure out and figure out what next steps need to happen. Um, so that's what I spend a lot of my time on. Um, outside of I'll be with Tywell. Well, I know that we appreciate you bringing your genius to our organization because we sure needed you and all of your social entrepreneurship chops in looking at the back end process and this needs to be simplified and we need to do this different and, you know, I appreciate all of that. So that's, that's awesome. Um, in this process or, or this, this time when so many of us are needing to learn to be more relatable, but it's harder now more than ever, is there one thought that, that comes to you from the, the, the connection, uh, is it the connection collaborative? Connection collective. The connection collective. Yeah. What? What are because you're you're bringing together all these different connection projects into your collective. What's what's one thing that you can think of that we could all take up, even though we're all <laughs> this far away from each other, that could help us like relate, even though we're like far away. Yeah, well, the the biggest thing uh, it's funny you asking about this because I literally just had a conversation with somebody. Uh, we were we were supposed to do an event, and I won't go deeply into it, but it was a photo walk. And that the the goal of the photo walk, which is you go out and you take photos and you may walk, you know, a couple miles and you take photos while you're out. So the goal of this particular photo walk was to take photos of strangers, but do but to do it with their permission, right? So you needed to engage them first before you took wow. the photo. And uh, and we're gonna do it at some point. But the reason I bring that up is that's exactly what I think we need to take away at, with everything that's going right now. We need to challenge ourselves to do things that we won't normally do, right? So I'm all about connecting with with people in person, but how can I connect with people online, right? Or you may be someone who, I don't know, maybe you're someone who loves to read books. You you like to read storybooks to your students at school. How can you maybe create a book club and share that online or do a video? Like finding ways to step out of your comfort zone I think it's something big. You, you, you and I talk about it all the time. Some of the videos that we, that I've been tasked to do have been challenges for me, but I, I do, I do them the best. You know, I, I step out of my comfort zone and I try to do my best. And I can honestly say, it's uh, I've learned a lot and it's and I'm becoming more comfortable. Um, so I, I would definitely say the one thing is, you know, step out of your comfort zone, do things that you feel that you may have had a challenge with, but you know. Give it a try, see how it goes, and you know, journal it. I do a lot of journaling. I got, I have notebooks all around my, my apartment. Um, yeah. So write it down and write what works, write what doesn't work, and if it's a passion of yours, continue to develop it. And uh, yeah, I guess that. That, that would be it. Yeah. God, I think that's stellar, spot on advice. I think that is stellar advice for this time because it because we we are going to have to stretch beyond our comfort zone because because everything is different 
And if we want to create a connected world, we're going to have to do it. I just love that, Thomas. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Hey, while I've got you, I've got a few comments. Um, uh, Lori, Lori Angris, who's one of our chapter leaders in L.A., said, I love Random Acts of Connection. It's beautiful. Um, said, I love this man and his heart. Cherish says, uh, I think getting outside is such great advice. Um, condolences for your loss. Bobby Cohen says, Thomas, I love listening to you. Your energy and creativity and relatability are so inspiring and generate such good feelings in me. You are a gift to the world. So Thanks, you've Bobby. got some 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 love coming your way. I love it. I love you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do a little little plug for what we've got going on here. Um you know, what you may not know is that um, this this last little piece of advice from Thomas actually is partly inspiring something that we're going to do. It's also partly inspired by Bobby and something she shared that she was doing through her Jewish Community Center. Um, we are, for some, those of you that are already part of our listener community, we are going to be making phone calls to other listeners to check in on each other. So we're going to start phone banking at Sidewalk Talk. Um, there's going to be a script and you can sign up and all that's going to launch inside of our Facebook group next week. So if you are a Sidewalk Talk listener and you've signed up and donated to the mission of this project, you will be able to have access to some phone numbers and first names to call people up and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Do you want to be listened to? And it's just a way to stretch outside your comfort zone, like you said. And it's outside of our comfort zone as an organization, too. We've never done anything like this, but we're going to give it a shot. It's another way to connect with people that isn't just Zoom calls. People are feeling a little Zoomed out, you know? <laughs> can, can I piggyback on that, what, what you're saying? Yeah, of um, course. So, you know, as, as someone who's a part of the organization as well, I've, I find it to, to be very powerful for us to be able to uh, – adapt to what's happening within the times. You know, our organization has been, as you know, primarily connecting with people in person. That's what we that's what we do. That's we listen to people in person. And for us to be able to adapt and come up with ways to still connect with our communities to still listen is something that, you know, it's it's not easy. You know, it's, it can be a challenge. And you know, I'm really proud to be a part of um a part of an organization that realizes that there are needs that there are people that still need our support and still need to be listened to. And it may not happen the way that the ways that we're used to and we're comfortable with. But once again, you know, we're encouraged to step out of our comfort zone and give it a try. And um, like I was saying, you can try it once and it doesn't work for you and that's totally fine. But give it a try and share that feedback and maybe we can figure out what ways what other ways you can support or what other ways um, you know what other resources we can connect you with. So, um, you know, I'm I'm really proud of of the work that we're doing because we could have just been like, we're not listening outside anymore. Cool, shut down. Let's, let's take let's take a break. Yeah, yeah. Nope. And we didn't we didn't do that. So nope. And I am with you. And I just got a call from someone here in Heidelberg, and he says you guys better get your buns rocking and rolling because as quarantine goes on, people are going to need you more than ever. And sidewalk talk needs to be set up because the mental health services in the United States um, can't support the influx and you guys become a conduit to find, you know, to help funnel people to the right sources or just be a source of connection so that people don't need mental health services because we just keep everyone healthy, which is also, you know, my biggest goal. So, yeah, I, I just want to say that it's time to get on the train. We're here and it's a 
global community and we'd really love to have you part of this project. And I think we've gotten organized enough to bring on a bunch of new people now too. And we're ready. So it's an exciting time. And yeah, it's people need it. People need it a lot. And you know what Dina Olson just also commented. She said, thank you, Thomas. I appreciate hearing your loving viewpoint. And I just want to give Dina a shout out. She has had the most well-attended online listening group. She's had up to 25 people on her Friday afternoon listening group. She probably just got off one right before this. And I'm told that in one of her groups two weeks ago, someone pulled out their guitar and sang to the entire group of listeners and storytellers, you've got a friend in me, which I think is, you know, just so completely exemplary of what this community feels like is that people will just become like this little love balloon and pop fairy dust all over people. It's just awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to, can't, you know, uh, dismantle my company and come on full time because I'll be missing out on so much. <laughs> There's so many incredible <laughs> things that we have. I'm, you know, me being a part of the team one, one, one day a week, I'm like, I miss out on so much. But I'm, I'm really proud of the gang, man. It's, you guys are doing so many amazing things. I'm just, I'm just so proud. When I, when I go back in and I see the work that everybody's doing, I'm just like, Man, I'm a part of this team. It's just a beautiful thing. So um, all the love you guys are giving me right back at you. Sweet, sweet. So a couple more plugs here, guys. I want to share with you what's coming up for Mental Health Awareness Month. If you're inside the listener group, you're going to have next week, Esther and Carrie are coming to you live to talk about uh, boundaries. We're also going to have Aaron and probably with Kalyan to talk about feelings and sensations in your body when you're listening. And then the very last day, we're going to have um, Nitya, who is getting her master's in public health from Yale University. Actually, she just finished. Um, she heads up their mental health care programs there, and she's a former uh, tech leader in some Silicon Valley mental health companies. But she's been a longtime volunteer with SF Suicide, and she's going to be talking about suicide and how to actually listen and support someone when they're in a really dark place. And that's going to all be in our private listener groups. So you need to be a member. Next week on Facebook Live, we're going to have Dr. Kelsey Crow, who wrote the book, There's No Good Card for This. We're going to be talking about how you show up for people in a really hard time. Um, and then the following week, uh, we're going to have DJ Filthy Drummond, uh, Elliot Gann, who does beatmaking with inner city kids. And he's going to put on a live DJ show for us. He's also a psychologist that works with kids in schools, but he does it through using music, which, Thomas, you guys got to meet. You guys need to, to sync up for sure. And then after that, um, Rebecca Wong and her partner co-founded a team of 3,500 therapists that are volunteering their time to COVID first responders. They're going to come and talk about their project where they're actually supporting the community for free or low fee mental health services for nurses, doctors, grocery store clerks, um, you know, our garbage drivers, the, the full full gamut providing low fee, no fee mental health services. So it's going to be a really cool mental health awareness month. And Thomas, thank you for being our second high profile Facebook live guest. Woo! So, One last so thing. Regular. We have a way that we close for our podcast and, and for these lives. I get out of the way and I let you speak directly to the sidewalk talk listeners that are watching now and that will watch this later. And you can either offer them a piece of advice or a wish as they listen in their lives. Piece of advice or a, w or a wish. Uh, connection. 
Yeah, I know. I had something I wanted to, to say, but I, there wasn't enough. No, 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 just take the floor. Okay. Well, well, I don't, I don't, I guess my piece of advice will be a part of what I'm going to say, but, Perfect. you know, obviously people are saying it all over the world, but I, I have to say it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the people that put their lives on the line every single day for what's happening with this coronavirus. You are greatly appreciated. I don't care where you are, I don't care what part of the world you're in, but if you're someone who's on the front lines of this, who puts your time, and you, you leave your homes, your safety of your homes to go and save lives, and make sure that people are, do your best to try to make sure you're saving lives, you are appreciated. Thank you. Uh, you know, we're lucky to have you. We like I, There's so many different things I can say that that, that comes up tomorrow. I, I, it's just, it just beyond me by like how thankful I am um, for what you guys do every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, those of you who are listening, you have someone in your life who you know you maybe you have a you know you don't have the best relationship with, or you guys have gotten into you may you may not talk as much. Now is the time to send them that text, to call them. To send them that card in the mail. Now's the time to do it. Yeah, trust me, they're gonna appreciate it more now than ever. So go ahead and do it. Um, if you're not, if you don't have a great talk, speaking relationship with someone, send them a text. <laughs> um, if you don't, you know, if you if you're someone who I I, I sometimes have an ego problem depending on who I talk to, <laughs> uh, especially when it comes to my family. I find ways to reach out to them. Um, it may not be a conventional way, but just show love because we need it now more than ever. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and so many good wishes from, from Dina, Bobby, Lori. Um, thank you, ladies, for your comments and, and love coming our way as well. And Thomas, you have a fantastic weekend. And thank you. You started, you started this last time. I'm going to look you in the eyeballs. Are you ready? Can you take this in? Can you take this in? Can you do this? <laughs> you did it before me. I just want you to know that I really love you. I really, I really love, love you as well. <laughs> I right. knew you were going to give me. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.